recorded live at 4 Triple Z Studios Brisbane on 102.1 FM and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You're listening to Zed Games. With 10 years experience and over 500 episodes, Zed Games brings you the best in gaming news, reviews, community and culture. Want to reach out? Message us on Facebook at ZEDGamesAU. You're listening to 4 Z. This is Zed Games. I'm your host, Paul, and joining tonight is my good friend, Rani. Yeah, it's me. Hooray! Where I have, you know, like one interest in the Olympic Games, and that's the, the rock climbing. Oh, yes, um, yes. And that's it. But the family group chat has been uh, going off about the Olympics, so I get I'm updated. Yeah, I, I have uh, extended family people very into sport. And um, I, I've grown out of being like elitist about not being interested in sport to now just being jealous that it's not part of me, that I don't know why I don't care. Yeah, uh, I want to be interested in it. It's one of those things where I'm like, I really want to be interested in yeah. this, but I'm not. People get so much out of it. I'm uh, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I love baseball. I just don't have the capacity to follow it when it's not immediately there for yeah, me I'm, whereas, I'm, yeah i'm fine in a you know in person like yeah. i really enjoy something in person but i still prefer to play if i can yeah. so yes uh the olympic games uh if you don't know started with the opening ceremony and most of the music was from video games yeah uh which is great because we can play it yeah oh, yeah we can play it and we and can be relevant it was nice it was like hey look there's a lot of really really good compositions <laughs> that are you know inspiring and great and uh, there were some pretty funny things in there as well but yeah i i have always had a soft spot veneer and it's I mean, most people know Automata, but yeah. uh, the first game, Gasolt, which now has been re-released with the Replicant version, uh, that is, it's always had a strong music base. It's mm-hmm. great. Okay. Um, let us jump straight into some news, I think. Let's get into it, because it's a big news night. It is a big news um, night. And then we've got some reviews coming up afterwards. We do. I will be reviewing Death's Door, new oh banger. Oh my goodness. And then afterwards, Rani will be reviewing uh, Ender Lilies. Yeah. What a night. All right, but let's hit that news right now. This week in gaming news. Activision Blizzard served, Amazon's New World bumps through beta, and an Aussie takes Independent Games Festival's grand prize. Activision Blizzard served. On July 20th, the state of California filed a lawsuit with a superior court against Activision Blizzard after an investigation beginning in 2018 into the company's fratboy culture. The lawsuit alleges many sexist workplace issues, as well as several itemised accounts of serious allegations of sexism and harassment against women and people of colour. In response, Activision Blizzard released a statement calling the lawsuit irresponsible behaviour from unaccountable state bureaucrats. This was mirrored by Blizzard's chief compliance officer, Fran Townsend's, internal email calling the lawsuit distorted and untrue, factually incorrect, old and out of context. However, since the release of the lawsuit, Activision Blizzard employees have come out corroborating with the events described in the lawsuit, the fallout of which has resulted in a petition signed by over 32,000 current and former Activision Blizzard employees calling for recognition of the seriousness of the allegations, repercussions to those who dismissed them, and a safe place for people to speak out. Current employees are also staging a walkout to demand changes in the current leadership. In response, Activision CEO Bobby Kotick issued a public statement apologising for their behaviour and hiring an external law firm for confidential reporting and to review their workplace policies. Amazon's new world bumped through beta. After delaying the release for over a year, this week Amazon opened its new game, New World, for the closed beta testing to those who either pre-ordered the game or were invited through a sign-up. 
Amazon celebrated with New World's real-time combat MMORPG, managing to accumulate over 200,000 concurrent players during the weekend play and fairly positive feedback, but was hampered by some severe teething issues. The most major of these was the reported bricking of the EVGA RTX 3090 graphics card. The bricking was theorised to be caused by frame rate spikes in menus and the resultant voltage spikes that fried the card. While Amazon stated that we have seen no indication of widespread issues with 3090s, they did release a patch to cap the frame rate of menus within 24 hours of the first reported issue. EVGA has also confirmed it will be replacing affected cards, with return forms reportedly already containing a specific New World category. The beta of New World is scheduled to end August 2nd, with a release date set for August 31st, 2021. Aussie takes Independent Games Festival Grand Prize. The IGF took place on the 21st of July to celebrate the achievements and innovations of independent game developers. This year, there were over 500 entries for the eight major awards, with over 60 games shortlisted for the awards and more than half of those nominated for one or more of the eight award categories. This year's winners were... Arog, the hand-drawn enigmatic adventure puzzle game from Leap Game Studios, won the Audience Award. Vessels, the space narrative adventure from Local Space Survey Corps LLC, won Best Student Game. Teardown, the destructible voxel world game from Tuxedo Labs, was awarded for its excellence in design. Placeball, an online absurdist horror fantasy baseball league game from the Game Band, took the Nuovo Award. Genesis Noir, an explorative adventure game was developed by Feral Cat Den with sound design by Skillbard, took out the awards for both excellence in audio and excellence in visual art. And finally, Umurungi Generation, created by Lismore developer Origami Digital, is a first-person photography game and took both the award for excellence in narrative and the Samus McNally Grand Prize. Now for some upcoming game releases. Scare Yourself Silly with Draft of Darkness, a roguelike horror deck builder, or reflect with No Longer Home, an indie game about letting go and saying goodbye. Both coming to PC on July 30th. On August 3rd, grab some friends for Rocket Rumble, a space racing brawler coming to PC, or try your hand at the 25-second time-looping FPS Lemnus Gate, also being released on the 3rd and coming to PC, PS4 and 5, and Xbox One and Xbox Series X. Lastly, Starmancer, the interstellar construction and management sim from Chucklefish, is coming to PC on August 5th. And that's all this week in gaming news. Thank you for that, Toby. What what a bunch of news going on there. So much is happening. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know what to do with any of it. Look, uh, we'll we'll just quickly mention the badness, which is primarily Activision Blizzard stuff. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it, it's just it's just bad. Uh, it I, is bad. Blizzard has not been a company that I've respected for a while, but I also mm. don't really bring it up much because I don't like um, I don't just like raining on other people's parades. I understand <laughs> they're very popular. But uh, I think there's, when you get to a certain level of, like, hero worship, mm. it lets... Now, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a bit caveat on this hot take. Um, I'm not blaming other people for these people's behaviours. Uh, they do bad things, and they're very... Some of this stuff's terrible, if you actually look into it. It's, it's disgusting. Um, but when we, put pe- when we put people on a pedestal with no accountability, they're only accountable to themselves... It does tend to breed people with bad impulses, really exploiting those impulses. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, we need to stop doing that. We need to, these people are people and we need to hold them accountable. And maybe, you know, getting my, my, uh, my leftist hat on here, <laughs> maybe we need to unionize and have people protecting the employees that aren't representing the company. Because HR protects the company, not the mm. employees, especially in big companies. It's not always. I would have but, thought yeah. they did have a union. I don't believe anyone. I don't believe Blizzard employees are unionized. There are growing game unions in America, yeah. but America is very resistant to unionization. I was gonna say because, like the the 
the headquarters I have in Australia, they'd have to have access to a union because of Australian they must do, yeah. laws and, and stuff like that. I assume so. I should look into that, actually. Because, um, so, you know, I was like, oh, I don't even know if I have a union. You know, I work for a university. Of course I have a yeah, union. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're asking the question, do I have a union, just Google it. You do have a union. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Yeah, America is quite against the whole unionizing yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, we've seen it again with 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 other companies and well, stuff like w- that. when you get companies that are oh, it's my it's my dream to work there. I'd work for them for anything. Well, yeah. then they work for you for it. They pay you anything. To yeah. do. It's like, oh, you're easily exploitable. Um, but let's move on to some nicer things. IGF Awards came out. And IG- oh, yeah. IGF is about the only awards ceremony that I actually care about. What, you don't like the Golden Globes or the Oscars? Or- uh, no, no. I mean, I was mean games. Or any of the yeah, other games Generally, ones? games was like, they're always like fun. Yeah. But it's the, the way the IGF is voted. Basically, um, everyone that's on the panel, they're sent a random selection of games. Yep. And they have to assess those games. They have to play them. They have to put it in before they're allowed to vote on anything else or play anything else. Huh. Um, so they can go and play like the big popular game, but every game gets played and looked at yeah. equally. So it means you get a bunch of things that rise to the top. Like one of the biggest ones historically was Out of Wo- um, uh, Out of Wilds when it was a student yeah. game, uh, and then you know blew up to be one of my favorite games of all time afterwards. But yeah, um, and then Umarangi Genera- Generation, which yeah, um, because the, it's it's primarily the work of one guy. Uh, yeah. who's Maori, uh, and I assumed that he was New Zealand, but I have only recently learnt that he's lived in Australia for at least the vast amount of years. Oh, man. You would be surprised how many people from New Zealand we have in Australia. Oh, yeah. Well, it was, it was the old... Apparently, there's something in our constitution that New Zealand can, like, join us. Yeah. I kind of want to go the other way. Yeah, I, yeah. I like New Zealand. <laughs> I know no country is perfect, but I, no. I've... Uh, it's, it's good good stuff. It's Some got of good. the games coming out are are exciting as well. Yeah, yeah. What was on that list that um, was grabbing you? Well, there's Draft of Darkness, but I hate horror. So um, <laughs> I think that's more for my partner. And I think that's going to be a case of, like, uh, he grabs the whole family and they go off into another room while I go to bed, which is this. Ah. They did this with a different horror game so that I wouldn't be woken by their screams. Hmm. I don't know if I've really screamed much in horror. <laughs> I, I do tend to play most horror Slender games Man. with my fr- with my best mate, and uh, we pass the controller. Oh, but yeah. it's, it's over time, it's become very much a, if we go into a dark basement or dungeon or something, it's just me that has to play. I think I might be keen for Rocket Rumble. Yeah. Yeah, I think that might be fun. I don't play too many racing games anymore. Yeah. Well... Let's keep the night moving. Yeah. This is Zed Games. I'm Paul, uh, here with Ronnie. Yeah, that's uh, me. And now we're going to jump straight into a review of Death's Door. And uh, I'm just going to set the mood first. Okay, Death's Door, developed by Acid Nerve and published by Devolver Digital. Death's Door is an isometric action-adventure game with a focus on exploration and puzzles. You're also a crow, a really cute one. A really cute crow that claims the souls of the dead as part of a sort of afterlife bureaucracy. You even have an umbrella to keep the rain off your feathers. Actually, the umbrella might help set the tone here. It's a weapon you can acquire at the beginning of the game. It has no special abilities and hits for half the damage of your base weapon. But you get a special achievement if you use it exclusively for the entire game. See, the developers of Death's Door are hard bastards. Acid Nerve's previous game, Titan Souls, kicked my butt until I went home crying, and the spirit continues here, 
but while the spirit remains, the actual difficulty has been toned down, so I can enjoy the whole game now, leaving options like the umbrella for those a little bit more hardcore than I am. As a reaper, you live forever in a strange limbo existence. Until that is, you're given a job to collect a soul. While your task is unfinished, you'll continue to age. Unfortunately, at the start of the game, your soul, uh, the soul you are tasked with retrieving is stolen, meaning your job will never be completed. This leads to a larger adventure where you have to collect the souls of three ancient lords in hopes of finding a solution to your predicament. Herein lies perhaps my only complaint about the game, and it's so minor you may simply roll your eyes at me. Once you set off on your adventure, you realise the structure of the game is very formulaic. Each lord's zone has an overworld area to explore, a dungeon to solve, followed by a fight to get an item, then a gauntlet of enemies to run before facing off against the lord themselves. Do that three times. As I said, this is an incredibly minor complaint, but it stands out because everything else is just gosh darn fabulous. The world is somewhat inspired by Dark Souls, large twisting environments that you quickly realise are densely interconnected with shortcuts. Once acquainted with an area, it won't take long to get anywhere you want, and the spaces themselves are backed with charm. An almost Studio Ghibli tone of playfulness and somber darkness. And funny, too. An early character you meet is named Pothead, and he has, as you guessed it, a pot for a head. The pot, however, is filled with soup, and he will happily offer to share it with you. The whole cast is colourful and enjoyable to interact with, from your fellow crows to the lords you must defeat. And when you do defeat said lords, the game treats their passing with a noble respect. The attitude towards death in the game is that it is an important part of life and that disrupting that process, despite honourable intentions, will end in sadness. The world is also packed with secrets to discover, currency to collect for upgrades, boosts to health and magic, additional weapons, and shiny objects which generally offer no gameplay effect but fill out the backstory of the world around you. There is no map, however, so tracking secrets can be initially difficult. About two-thirds of the way through the game, however, you'll meet a character. A character whose design is so good I dare not spoil it for you, but it ranks among my favourite ever. Anyway, this character likes to tell you about rumours, and will describe the location of secrets to you. It's a wonderful way to get you to go back and explore the game by following clues instead of just getting an indicator on a map. So, I have not touched the combat yet. It's very good. Each weapon will have a basic melee combo and a charged attack. You also have a projectile attack, which at first is an arrow. You only have a limited number of arrows, however. How you get them back is by landing melee attacks. Need four arrows? You better hit the enemy four times. The simple gameplay mechanic means that the most effective, to be most effective in this game, you need to be constantly shifting between close and ranged combat. It's fast, responsive, and you're going to be relying on your dodge a lot, to get out of the way at the last second. There's an excellent enemy variety with some excellent designs. The reveals of some early in the game had me giggling in delight before I slayed them and claimed their eternal souls. Which brings me to the bosses. If you've seen any media for this game, you'll know they love bosses. Big, wacky bosses with fun effects. The bosses are great and pretty fair. If you're not an umbrella masochist, I didn't have any real trouble with the bosses until near the end of the game, but I had a lot of fun working out their patterns and quirks. The game is a bit front-loaded, you'll fight a few bosses before you even see the title card, but there's still plenty to fight, and each is a real treat. Accompanying all this action, discovery, and joy is a brilliant soundtrack by David Fenn that mixes folk music and rock along with some big orchestral pieces and gentle minimalist instrumentals. Some of the orchestration here is especially unique and fun. It's bold without overstaying its welcome, and listening back to it evokes each part of the game so strongly. 
Now, as I reached the conclusion of the game, I noticed something odd. My save file only said 74%. Now, I hadn't been hunting every secret, but I couldn't have missed that much. Sure enough, I saw credits at a little over 8 hours with around 80% completion. At this point, however, I was dumped back into the game world. There is a significant amount of post-game content. Completing the epilogue and finding what I missed took about 4 hours or so. There are new things and another ending to discover in the post-game, so whilst the main narrative reaches a satisfying conclusion, be assured it's worth going deeper. I would consider myself a competent gamer, but nothing special, and I found the difficulty perfectly achievable. The final bosses took some tries, but honestly the old adage of taking a break and coming back later generally helped me sail to the ending. Death's Door is excellent in all regards, from graphics, gameplay, writing, and sound, to just having a good sense of spirit to the whole endeavour. My time spent as an adventuring crow was well worth it, and I've been left satisfied, but desiring whatever is next for this studio. Death's Door is available currently from PC and Xbox, uh, X, uh, Xbox Series consoles, sorry, for just under $30. I played on PC with an Xbox controller, with a code supplied by the publisher. Ooh. Nice. I've just been watching videos of the game here oh, it's <laughs> while you while you do that, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to go home and get this and play this. And oh, it it, um, it has a style. You you told you when you mentioned the umbrella, I was like, heck yeah, I want to play with that. And then I realized <laughs> I don't want to do that to myself because I'm not great at these kinds of games. Well, so. the combat side, like it really is maybe fifty percent combat, and the other fifty is just pure exploration. So you can yeah, just pull fair. the combat the umbrella out while you're walking around. Keep your feathers dry. Yeah, that's you know, fair. Switch to a more powerful weapon when you actually need to fight something. <laughs> yeah, look, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. That's fair. I, I did go back to Titan Souls today because I wanted to see if my memory of it being hard was right. Yeah. I died more times to the first boss than I did in the first half of this game. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, when you mentioned, what, Dark Souls or Demon Souls, I immediately just shut down. No, it, like... it, it's not that kind of, like, it's o- I only mean that in the level design. <laughs> I do not really mean it. You collect souls, I guess, and you dodge. Like if you've got a really broad idea of what a souls like is, then yeah, you dodge and there's souls. But I mean just the vertical level design with lots of pathways to open up because it's great. Yeah, it Um, looks fun. Yeah, it. I was really, really excited, and it did not disappoint. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there have been a few games where I've been like really excited, and then it's been disappointing. So I think that I'm gonna have to go play this one because. It, it doesn't look like it's going to disappoint. Yeah, uh, and whilst it's only on Xbox console-wise at the moment, I assume they're probably going to port it. They haven't announced anything, but it's not announced as an exclusive game either. But it's um, the main team is two people. Um, they they obviously yeah. they've contracted out for quite a few other people to make a game of this quality. And yeah, people, there's a limit of how much work humans can do. Yeah, uh, but, so at the moment it's yeah, on it's Steam. Yeah, it's not on sale yeah. or anything. There's no, bundles no, and no. stuff, but um, yeah, I might might pick yeah. it up they, they just released it for a price no game pass no nothing just here's a good game pay a amount of money for it play the whole thing <laughs> it's a yeah it's a real bang i really enjoy it. there's a, a little touch that my friend found that i didn't because i'm like i'm a sociopath not a psychopath so i yeah, don't yeah. i don't hit everything with my weapon all the time so he walked up to a sign and he hit it with his sword and it cut the sign in half yeah. so then when you read it the text box is text box is cut in half. Huh. Like that's just cute and small. And that's just like the kind of sensibility that they See, have. See, I'm that kind of player. Yeah. I will hit everything. <laughs> I will kill everyone and take all of their stuff. It's fine. This is the way to go. <laughs> You're listening to Zed Games. My name is Rani, and I'm in studio with Paul. You're in the hot seat. I am in the hot seat, guys. This is my Very first exciting. time. <laughs> 
Um, well, we have our second review for the night. Um, and that's my review, isn't it? <gasps> I'm very excited. Oh, I'm so excited. This game is called Ender Lily's Quietus of Nights. And that's Nights with a K. <laughs> just in case you were wondering. Um, and I was really excited for it. Um, it's sort of... When I saw it, I was immediately reminded of um, Child of Light and Ori in the Blind Forest because it's got the same sort of art style and it's got that same sort of like, oh, you move, it's 2D, so left mm. and right. Um, so I was like, yeah, let's play it. It's so much more brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. basically the game is a dark fantasy 2D action RPG um, by the developers Adglobe and Livewire. Um, and it's presented in that kind of platformer style. You know, you jump up, you jump down, you move forward, you move back. Um, and I honestly, like, I found the combat difficult, and that's not unusual for me. Sometimes I just do find combat very difficult. Um, uh, because a lot of games base their sort of combats, like, you're dodging and stuff on sounds. And um, I'm deaf, so sound is not my friend. Um but ultimately, it was rewarding, like, when you would, like, actually kill somebody. <laughs> it was fine. Um, there are rest stops, and the rest stops are few and far between, so you do have to be a bit strategic with your health. You have three little health orbs that you can use to replenish your health. Um, Good old Dark Souls Atlas Flask comparisons, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and throughout the game, you find these little glowing flowers that will replenish your health mm. souls, basically. Um, so the reason I found the combat difficult is because you play as this little girl, Lily, who wakes up and she's just sort of, um, there a little bit confused. She's woken up into this apocalypse type world where the blighted have taken over and everybody's given up on life. Um, and there's a soul taking her through this new world. That's the guy that does all the hard hitting for you, uh, at least at the beginning. And uh, she doesn't do anything because she's a tiny little princess that doesn't do anything, uh, except for dodge. So she takes damage. And throughout the game, you'll pick up more souls that will help you battle along the way. And um, I've written down here that the way that you sort of get them is brutally wholesome. (laughs) Because they're essentially (coughs) a boss battle first. And so you have to beat them into oblivion and then you save their soul because she is this literal white light in this gray dark black basically world um and so she's the light to save everything um the soundtrack is well if you love anime soundtracks and you enjoyed what we played sort of at the beginning of the show then you'll enjoy the soundtrack for this game Uh, Millie has done a great job, and I did actually sit with the opening menu there for about half an hour, where I just had it open, and I was doing other things, and I'd just forgotten that I'd opened up a game. It's it's all mostly, like, anime piano style, just like, yes, it's very soothing, yeah. Yeah. Um, In terms of accessibility, um, I don't remember anything particularly sticking out, um, because she's white against... The dark black, the contrast is quite good, but um, in terms of other things, there isn't really anything to go on. Um, there's no voiceovers, so all the text just comes up as it would in those sorts of games. 
Um, again, combat being a little bit difficult, the dodging is a little bit, you have to be kind of quite quick on your timing. So um, it's maybe not the most accessible. There wasn't too much in terms of altering dif- difficulty that I found either. Um, but that's okay. I still really enjoyed it. And I played it on stream as well. So the my chat enjoyed it as well. Um, it was just something fun to hang out to at the end of the day. It's a really nice looking game. That's it where I was... gorgeous. Because yeah, I, I have not played it yet. I have just looked into it because I like the look of it and it's listed under metroidvanias mm. which are my go-to <laughs> genre basically um yeah any game where it's like you don't have direct control over the combat you're just spawning sort of other creatures that you collect through it's like it can be good and more but also you're a little bit removed so it can be really hard if you're not quite ready for it yeah it yeah. does get a little bit overwhelming um just because there's so much going on mm. on screen uh but I think you'll get used to it. If it's the kind of game you like, then you will get used to it. That's just how that goes. Um, but I think right now... Uh, this is Zed Games. I am Paul and Ronnie's with me. Yay! We swapped back. Yeah, we're back there. But that's okay because we're basically just saying goodbye anyway. Yeah. Goodbye, Ronnie. Goodbye, Paul. Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye, listeners. Catch us all next week and on all of our online things. Thanks for listening to Zed Games. If you'd like to listen to more, check out our podcast on Spotify. Or follow us on social media at ZEDGamesAU. See you next time. time.